Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. Hope everybody is having a great Wednesday morning. It is the 10th of August. Today is continuing on that series of anatomy of a sale. And right off the bat, I have to tell you that one of the big sales, one of the big wins were the numbers from last week. Last week, shattered downloads, listeners, and records. Absolutely shattered it. To the tune of the highest week the podcast has ever had, last week, there was 60% growth. I, I was absolutely stunned when I saw the numbers. I mean, just absolutely stunned. Now, just in the game of, of sports and baseball, winning one game does not make a winning streak. So we'll see what happens next week. But thank you to everybody who is listening. It does show that consistency pays off. Hopefully we can continue this momentum and, and people are going to resonate with what, what we're trying to do here and is have honest sales conversations, no fluff, not corporate driven, raw, just this is the way it really is out in the field. Having honest discussions and bringing on really smart people who've been very successful and are going to share how they've been successful, the mindset that they've used, et cetera. So thank you to everybody who's been listening. If you want to continue to, uh, you can always reach out to the show, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. Do appreciate that. You can check us out at rhythmai.com. If you want to optimize your time and you're in outside sales, you want your team to optimize, go to rhythmai.com. And thank you to everybody who's been reaching out to me. I've had a lot of people the last few weeks have reached out to me personally via LinkedIn, through my email, texting me, calling me. Thank you. It key, it gives me a lot of energy and excitement to continue to do uh, the episodes. So, and today it's falling on another anatomy of a sale, and we're going to continue this series. So, let me take you back several years ago. All right, and there was a company that I got a call about. And they are having struggles in Charlotte. And the CEO of that company had told the leadership, nobody's going to work in Charlotte. Nobody. We've tried and we've failed. And I think there were like four reps in five years. Uh, one of the, one of two of the reps left, the other were fired. The rep before me um, left or was fired. I can't remember the order exactly, but the, the territory had just not been successful. Things had not worked out according to plan. And so the CEO wanted to make it inside sales, just hands up. It's just a waste of money putting a body in the field. Unfortunately, that's how some of the companies view sales professionals, just a body in the field. Those are sales organizations that I, I feel like possibly can struggle. Not, not everyone that has that mindset, but you know, the salespeople are the, are the drivers of the revenue. But so luckily, the management group said, no, we've got a guy in Charlotte we want to bring on. And that person was me. And one of my biggest sales just came from my process. There was no finger guns. There was nothing special about what I did. Well, maybe it is special. The fact that I'm just very stubborn. And if I put my mind to something, 
I go until it's done and I keep going after it. My persistence, which is just a, which is a cousin to consistency. Persistence is just going after it and not letting anything in your way stop you. So I was working for a company and there was a product that was ideal for vascular health. So when I'm looking at the previous numbers, the numbers were paltry when I took over and I started noticing that there were not a lot of vascular surgeons. There were not a lot of vascular health uh, physicians that were prescribing this one product. And so I did my process. And one of my processes is I go through a, a very detailed internet search, extremely detailed. I will go to like the 30th page. So I'll put in like vascular surgeons, Charlotte, North Carolina, vascular surgeons, North Carolina. I will go through and I'll click through up the 30th page because not every, especially physicians, not every business understands SEO, search engine op optimization. They don't understand the importance of keywords, meta words. Um, they don't understand how they can get their listing on the front page, the second page, the third page. So you have to dive deep. And I, I would start making lists. I'd have my pad and I would start making lists. I wouldn't just go by the list that the company provided me. Because think about it. If the previous reps had not had great success, what good does just fo focusing on the list that was provided to me do? I'm pretty sure that the reps before me use the same list. So I like to create my own. And my process is between 15 and 20 hours of research. And this is generalized 10,000 foot research. I just want to find out who's in the field. There could be from, from the previous time that the previous rep was in the field, there could be new people in the, in the field. There could be new people for me to call on. They moved in. They now have a website. There's now a web pre presence. It's one of the reasons why with our rhythm technology, we added a prospecting feature. If it's tied to Google, we'll find it. You need to understand that businesses are coming into your territory every week. Every week, businesses are opening up. Well, in this economy, maybe every month. <laughs> I digress. So you have to constantly be searching. You have to continue prospecting. You have to continually see if new buildings are going up or new signs going up. When I used to drive around, I used to look for visual cues. If I saw the word dermatology anywhere, I was pulling in. Any, anybody said skin, I was pulling in. I was investigating. So vascular health, that led me to one of my biggest wins of my career. There was a vascular surgeon in Charlotte, North Carolina, also had a office in Gastonia. And I looked at the website and I said, this is an office I need to live in. And so I walked into the office. I walked up to the front desk and the girl that was up there immediately stopped me and says, we don't see reps. I, I started laughing and I said, well, great. I'm not a rep. I'm curious about your services. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Hey, what, what type of services do you do here? She routed off a list of services. Okay. Well, the good news is I'm also a rep, but 
I have people in my life that could use some of these services, you know, sclerotherapy, getting rid of spider veins, varicose veins. And then I asked her, do you do anything that's non-interventional, anything that's non-surgical? And she looked at me like I had three eyes and I said, okay, that's the wrong type of question to ask. I said, may I ask that question to the physician? He doesn't see drug reps. Okay. Does he do any lunches? Nope. Mm -mm, nothing. I mean, I asked probably six to seven questions and I did one of my go-tos, which was, if I were in your shoes, what would you do? And she said, I would leave information with a note. Okay. I'll try it this time. So I left information with a note. Didn't hear anything. What about my business? Uh, following week, I stopped by the other location and I did the exact same thing. Stonewalled. I said, what do you think I should do? Well, talk, call the office manager and see if you can set up a meeting with the office manager. Okay. That's what I did. I didn't hear anything back. Nothing. Because remember, they don't talk to reps. They don't see reps. But yet there was one time, the third time that I stopped by the office, a rep walked back. So I stopped that rep and asked him who he was, and he had compression socks. Aha. So they do, they see vendors. So I kind of mentioned that the next time I went in, I said, well, you know, I'm a vendor. I can help the office, blah, blah, blah. And still stonewalled. Yeah, he's gotten the information. I don't think he's interested. May I leave some more? May I leave another note? Sure. I tried every way, which way, new strategy each time. Um, I tried to find people that were colleagues of him at other offices and just didn't get anywhere. This went on for probably about three to six months. Try, I tried different days. I tried different times. I tried just before lunch. I tried right after lunch. On the 12th visit, the 12th visit, I walk into the office and this tall man is standing behind talking to the girl at the front desk. And I walk up and I said, are you Dr. So-and-so? And he says, I am. Who are you? I said, my name is Michael Kelly. I'd really love to talk to you about a non-interventional product that can help with blood flow in the legs. And he said, is this like the product that used to be in Europe? I can't remember the name, but there was a product, uh, Daflon. That's what it is. He's like, is this like Daflon from Europe? I said, it's the North American version. He said, oh my gosh, come on back. He had been searching for our product and had no way of finding it. So the product that I had had a European version called Daflon. And it, Daflon was not, was not available in the United States. And the company that I was with had the North American rights to its product and, and uh, formulation. So he had been searching for it. Literally, he had been trying to find it. He had been doing internet searches and could not find it. So first of all, just realize a lot of the time that your, your buyers might be searching for you, they might not know how to search. Don't think that nobody is searching. People are searching. They just sometimes don't know where to look. And sometimes they just need some help. The 12th visit. I asked a question 
after the first prescription was written. Has anybody from my has anybody from my company ever come by this office? He said, to my knowledge, I don't think so. I find that hard to believe. He is one of the biggest vascular surgeons in Charlotte. Two locations. He's got television commercials. What I think happened was they went in and they heard, oh, they don't see reps. And they just never went back. They said it wasn't worth their time. That is not good enough. Just because somebody says, oh, we don't do this and we don't do that. That is just a process that they have been taught, but processes can change with new information. They may not have the information to make a proper decision. You have to continue trying. If it is important, you have to continue, period, point blank, end of story. If it's important to you, driving your business, growing your business, you have to go after it and you have to stay persistent. This was the 12th call, 12th call. How many, how many times have you given up before the 12th call? There's a statistic. Um, I know I posted on LinkedIn. I wish I had it right now, but I think it's 20% or 80% of the sales are made after the 12th interaction. There's a formula. So many people give up on sales way too early. I knew I had to be in there and I was not going to take no for an answer. I was going to wait until I heard the no from the doctor. And actually, I'll be honest, that, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, I would not have taken no from the doctor. There's so many times in my career where I've gotten a no and it just led me to a yes. There's a great book. I think it's Jim Camp. I'm going to look over here. I read called Start With No. And I highly recommend start with no. Get the no's out of the way. Get all the objections out of the way. And then you know how to proceed forward because you know it's important to them. So luckily, this physician was searching for it, was looking for it. This physician turned out to be the number two prescriber in the country. Listen to what I'm saying. In Gastonia, North Carolina, and Charlotte, although he did have, he was at his Gastonia office three times a week. From Gastonia, North Carolina, that's where he lived, by the way, it was Gastonia. So from Gastonia, North Carolina, the number two writer of this product in the country. And I found him only because I kept at it. I kept at it. And I was persistent. He absolutely blew the product out of the water. He'd been searching for it. He told me, I have been looking for a non-interventional product because I don't believe that surgery is right for 100% of my patients. I respected him for that point of view. We still talk to this day. After I left the field, we went out and grabbed, we've grabbed lunch a couple times. I'll probably still be in contact with him for a while. He's a very smart guy. He's a good businessman. I highly respect the fact that he's willing, you know, he doesn't see everything like a hammer and he has a nail or switch that flip that he has a hammer and he sees everything as a nail. But, but my, one of my biggest sales was just simply because I kept showing up. I kept going after it. I just knew in my heart of hearts that this guy was going to be a 
for a lack of a better term, a game changer. And it was true. And then what I did was this gentleman went on to be a speaker for the company. He loved the product so much. We used to track, he used to track the results of his patient. And he would share that information and he would speak with other physicians. He alone almost 10 x that one product of my prescriptions, just him alone, almost 10 x That was one of the biggest sales in my career. And it was all because I got to that 12th touch point. Luckily for me, I didn't need to do another 12 once I actually talked to him, but I would have done it. I would have done it. So the takeaway for you today is if you still need to, the takeaway, you've got, you've got to get to 12 to 15 touch points. That doesn't mean that if you see the person once and they're just like, get out of my face, <laughs> put me on a do not call list, do not come back and see me again. That doesn't mean you try a 12th time the exact same way. But if somebody is open to having discussions, you might need, it might take five to 12 times. I think that's what the stat was. I should have looked this up before I was talking, but it just, from my memory, it just popped back in the stat. I think it's between five and 12 touches, 80% of the sales. Anyway, point is, if you're taking over a territory, or you're taking over a business, you can't assume that just what the person before you was doing is the right process, the right action, and they had the right system. It's the reason why I suggest you, you, you tear everything down and you build it back up. It's painful. It's a lot of work, but it's the only way you're going to know if you're capturing all the possible business. Doesn't matter if you're in sales, if you're a sales territory rep, or if you're a manager, or if you run your own small business. Just because you work for somebody else doesn't mean you can't act like that's your business. That is how I would approach it. I would act as if. I would act as if I was a small franchise within a bigger company. They supported me with product and samples, et cetera. But I went out there every day and I made it happen. That territory was going to rise or fail based on my efforts and my ability. That is what I recommend your mindset should be in your field. And hopefully you took something out uh, from this story. I know it's not as uh, sexy as uh, the Talladega Nights <laughs> from last week, but a, a lot of these big sales that I've had in my career were not smooth talking. A lot of it was out of persistence and consistency and showing up and not taking no for an answer. My story next week is going to be about how I just refused to take a no for an answer. Sometimes people are going to test you. They want to see what type of grit you have. And one of my biggest accounts did just that. I'll share that story next week. As always, please uh, download the show, share it with like-minded individuals. Really do appreciate it. Um, thank you so much to everybody's listening. You know, hit the alert button 
on uh, you know notification button on Apple or uh, Spotify or whatever podcast you're listening to, so you know exactly when new episodes are released, so you can listen to them. Some of the episodes have gotten a little longer. I do apologize. I just have I'm trying to condense them down to between five and ten minutes. I'm I'm trying to get better working on my process. So the anatomies of the sale, anatomy of a loss are going to be a little longer because those are stories. I have, I have to I have to flush some ideas out. But thank you for sticking with this. Uh, if you are listening, you can speed up the episodes. You can speed up the episodes. I think probably the perfect is 1.2x. It's probably the perfect speed. You can go. Sometimes I listen to podcasts on 1.8x speed as long as I can clearly hear the enunciation of the words. Um, some of the podcasts at 1.8 sounds like slurring and some of the words are difficult to get out, but, um, that might be a way to listen to it a little bit faster. You can always go back and listen to it again, but, um, thank you so much for everybody who is listening. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, the goal of this whole thing is to help outside sales professionals in ways that I was not helped early in my career. I wasn't given the guidance. I learned by failing and trying, failing and trying, failing and trying, and just being persistent. And if I can share some of my experiences that help you microwave your success and just get there faster without taking shortcuts, that's that's the goal of this, is to pay it forward. Because as I've mentioned before, outside sales, sales in particular, but outside sales has given my life so much my family's life so much that I want other people to experience what I've experienced. So thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week. We're now Wednesday hump day, a couple days left. Tomorrow's episode is fantastic. Mr. Andy Paul is on the show, author, sales expert. You're not going to want to miss this. So thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. And, um, This has been another episode of Surviving Outside Sales. Everybody have a great day.